Hey friends, this is Hannah Wedger, an agriculture teacher in St. Paul, Minnesota, land of 10,000 lakes. And I'm here to talk all things agriculture education related, curriculum, classroom management, FFA, career development events, SAEs, and whatever else you wanna hear about. It's basically me sharing chapters from my book of agriculture with all of you. So let's dig in. Hey friends, I am coming at you live from the minivan and I got to do, got to see one of my bucket list people in real life. Um, so if you are an agricultural enthusiast, you will be excited. I uh, was able to see Temple Grandin speak tonight, um, which at Kudos to my husband, shout out to my husband. He made it happen for me to be able to go tonight um, and coordinated kid pickup and all of that. And shout out to one of my best friends, Miss Julie Ketterling, because she is the one who got us tickets. Uh, Temple was speaking at uh, the University of Wisconsin River Falls. And so I am just leaving and just driving home from the event now uh, and one of the things that really um, that caught me off guard is so I have watched the documentary before um, <coughs> excuse me <coughs> excuse me uh, that I believe HBO put out um, and she is so accurately portrayed in the movie that I, I mean, so accurate. And she talked a lot about the different experiences that she had that were present in the movie. Uh, so I felt like I, from watching the movie, from showing it in my classes, I had a really good like background knowledge of her and her work and how she grew up, um, how she like visually sees things and how she's a visual learner. Uh, one thing that I really appreciated about her uh, present, presentation style is it was very, um, it was very her, like it was very Temple Grandin. Um, she, and I guess what I mean by that is she, I don't mean this in a bad sense, but it was just kind of all over the place. Uh, there wasn't necessarily like a, um, a like flow of the presentation. There were slides. Um, I was able to, you know, she had slides that she followed along and had a planned out presentation. Um, but it was, I would say that she had like specific points that she wanted to um, go over or she wanted to make sure that she covered and those points were um, like covered multiple times. So I really appreciated that because I felt like I really like I wanted to remember everything and she kept coming back to specific points. Um, so one of the things that she talked about was our education systems now and what she believes is a really big mistake in our education systems. So she, um, she thinks that we have removed too many of the, she called them hands-on courses, but really there are CTE courses where students are um, 
where students are learning those career skills, uh, those technical skills to be able to advance on in jobs. And while she is supportive of college and all of that, she was really um, making a case that we need to think about exposing our kiddos to all sorts of different careers, to um, a variety of different things while they're young. Uh, and so she thinks her her opinion is that we've done a huge disservice by removing woodworking, by removing um, the facts classes, by removing um, agriculture classes, by removing some of the, um, you know, like welding, um, automotive classes, all of those she thinks that we've done a huge disservice by removing those classes. And I wholeheartedly agree and I see that the the pendulum is kind of swinging back towards we need to get students students um, you know college and career ready uh, and so it's not necessarily that college is for it's not a necessity that every student needs to go to college um, and so trying to find the right right place for them another thing that she talked about a lot in her presentation or her speech was about uh, our kiddos today and how our kiddos are a lot of our kiddos are really sheltered so kids that are coming from farms or live on farms are typically not kids that she's talking about but more so kids that do not have access to farms um, and this is, this is from her kids that are playing video games in the basement and not exposed to kind of those everyday life skills that really kids should have in order to be successful human beings. Um, one of her suggestions was that kids should have at age 11 or 12 some type of task or job outside of the family. Um, so whether that's going to help grandpa with wood or whether that is doing some smaller job shadows with mom and dad at various different places, uh, which I really agree with. And that was something that I did growing up. Um, was really expected to uh, not just help out with like house, like chores on our hobby farm and at our house, but also to, you know, help others when they're in need um, to do smaller things like babysit to be able to get money. So she talked a lot about in kiddos that she sees now that have autism, they're more sheltered um, and parents have a harder time letting go uh, and so we see a lot of autistic um, kids that are, or kids that are labeled as aut autistic that are not getting the experiences that she believes are necessary. Another thing that she talked about was uh, making sure that our kids all of our kiddos, not just kiddos with uh, labels as autistic or whatnot, that um, we need to get those kiddos to have those basic life skills. So do they have a bank account? Do they know how to work it? Um, do they know how to um, go grocery shopping? Do they know how to uh, put gas in their car? Different things like that, those life skills that she is finding that some students who are coming to her at Colorado State University are not, they, they don't have. 
myself. Um, that was another thing that she talked about in her in her presentation, and which which I really agree with. There were uh, there was one younger kiddo that asked a question, and and she um, or sorry, a, a lady who asked a question about her kiddo um, who had autism and Temple was very adamant that at 15 kids should have some type of job. They should be outside of the home and they should be learning those soft skills that you can really only learn when you're actually doing it. The other thing that she said is to, <laughs> she said she gets this all the time that parents say, well, my 16-year-old loves Legos, so what should I do next? How do I get him prepared for a job? And she said, give him tools. You give him tools. That's the next thing that you do. Um, I don't know why people wouldn't think of that, but you give them tools. And it, so it was so fun to kind of hear her. Like, she's just, she was just so matter-of-fact with, um, with a lot of her recommendations and really came back to a lot of the same things of getting kids' hands-on experiences, which we do in agriculture so well. Um, getting those kids to um, be visual thinkers helping kids that are visual thinkers um, to excel, helping kids who are, she said, more like mathematical thinkers to excel. Uh, one of the things that I thought was interesting is she said that we put too much of an emphasis on if students can pass a single course and not look at overall what are their strengths, what are their weaknesses, and, you know, looking at, looking at those strengths, how can we hone in on those strengths and find a career that would really um, would really help them. You know, she said that there are some things that all kiddos should you know, be exposed to and work on. Manners, um, being able to hold a door open, how, like, those social skills, how to interact when you're in a room with other people. Um, but then when you're thinking about more of the academic side, to really kind of think about, okay, what is this what is this kid interested in and then how do we hone in on that and not just focusing in on well they're they're failing algebra um, and they're failing this other class and so you know we can't do xyz or they won't be successful in a career in this field um, so i appreciated that part of her i always think
lot of you probably know. Um, that has made a few mistakes in their um, design of airplanes and has resulted in some issues. <laughs> and so she continued to bring that up that um, we need all type of all types of thinkers in our world um, and we really need them to work collaboratively to, with one another because we need visual thinkers to be able to see things that maybe mathematical thinkers do not see and those are her words visual and mathematical thinkers but maybe you know one person sees things that um, or can design things that other people cannot and vice versa so it's really important um, she said that Another thing that she finds interesting, uh, as someone had asked, you know, how do we improve this this idea that all farms are bad and there's just so much bad information on the internet? And she said, you you need to tell your story. You need to show what you're doing. Um, you need to write about it. You need to provide pictures. Show people what chores look like on like on your farm. A lot of people don't have access to what chores look like on a farm. Show people what a day in your classroom looks like. Uh, and so I found that really inspiring too. Um, especially, you know, I have a lot of friends that I've made in the past few months that are um, on Instagram and they're teachers just showing what they do in their classroom every day. And how important is that, that we're not just keeping that to ourselves, but that we're sharing it with everyone. So that was one of the big things that she, um, you know, she was really, she really stressed. So she's like, I don't understand why all these people are not willing to share the new things that they found or the research that they're doing and they want to keep it to themselves until X, Y, Z. And she said, it, I want everyone to know what I'm doing and stuff that I'm researching and what I find out because I want to improve, um, I want to improve the world, improve the well-being of animals, improve um, autism um, research and what people are learning about autism so it can help others. And what a great, um, what a great, just, I don't know, a great overall idea and a great kind of charge to all of us um, that we show other people what we're doing. And we really, um, you know, try and make an impact. I think it was it was good. I am kind of blown away and still kind of processing all of it. I did take a few pictures. Um, we were towards the back of the ballroom, so I didn't get a super up-close picture. But um, she looked exactly like I would picture her to look. And she had on her Western shirt exactly like I was imagining. She walked exactly like I was imagining. Um, and so that's kind of my rundown of all of it. I was just so thankful to have that opportunity to be able to see her speak live. Uh, so if Temple is coming to some place near you, I would suggest that you, uh, you buy the ticket, make the trek out to see her. It's really worth it. All right, friends, I am tired. <laughs> And I am overwhelmed with work, but isn't this a great job that we do being agriculture teachers and sharing agriculture with everyone else? I hope you have a great rest of your day, and I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye, everybody.
a couple more things that I thought about after the fact, now that I'm processing it as I drive home here. Um, one of the, there was a question that someone had asked about um, animals and where the future of production um, is going and what she sees. One of the things that I really appreciated about Temple is that she talked about, um, and I actually this is one of the few things that I wrote down, but she talked about animals and uh, she believes that this time um, there are not not all animals but there are some animals that we've gone too far being very specific about choosing a specific trait like milk production um, or whatever it might be and are not focusing on the whole the animal as a whole and so one of the things she said was optimal and not maximum maximum. So looking at the optimal health of an animal versus maximum production or the best whatever it might be, ribeye, um, whatever it might be, thinking about how is the whole animal impacted. She said a lot of the things that she's seen, um, she's been called to a few plants where she, where they are having some troubles and what she noticed is that oftentimes the troubles are not with the plants themselves um, but are going back to the farms that are producing um, lame animals, uh, animals that are not sound. And so looking at when we are producers, when we are farmers, uh, making sure that we are not just selecting for a specific trait, uh, but making sure we're considering all of the parts that make a healthy animal. Uh, which I just so wholeheartedly agree with um, and really appreciated her uh, bringing that in and talking about that uh, and just think it's so important. And I really think that goes back to transparency as farmers and as agriculturalists as well. Um, and just really thinking through your actions, you know, if you are, if we're just selecting for one treat, uh, she did the example that um, you move, move everything into one state or one country, um, but you, or everyone, every person, but you're not thinking about all the things that you need to provide. And so sometimes when we focus on one trait, we're forgetting about the immune system of the animal and how that means it might suffer. Or we're forgetting about the uh, bone quality of the animal and how that might lead to so I thought that part was interesting, and I'm not as well spoken as her on it, uh, but I, I appreciated her bringing that up and answering that question very well. Um, I just, she was really, I just got a kick out of her. Um, she brought up the hotel in New Orleans a lot that had recently collapsed, and how she just did not understand how that happened. Um, that if there are people who are hardworking and if people are working together collaboratively, people who are not just visual or not just mathematical thinkers, but also visual thinkers working together, that those issues would not have happened and, and really kind of gave the charge that that should be something that's not happening in a developed country like ours. Be honest, she kept bringing it back to how we're removing a lot of these hands-on um, 
also gave a shout out to Texas that you guys are starting to bring those back in and really doing a nice job of having career and tech ed classes where students are getting getting hands-on experiences. Um, but really gave us a, you know, someone had asked as well, well, how are we going to do this? Or what, what is your um, idea for bringing all of this back? And she's just really said it's one person, one school, one uh, community at a time saying we need this in our school we need to bring it back let's do this um, and really it's going to have to be a local grassroots uh, push versus a mandated um, federal type system or, or um, idea so a couple more thoughts that I had I hope you guys enjoyed if you have questions as always you can DM me on Instagram at Mrs. Wedger, or you can send me an email, eggwithmisswedger at gmail.com. Um, if you like this podcast, do the whole like, subscribe, give me some um, feedback, positive um, feedback is always appreciated. Or if you have some suggestions, I always appreciate that too. Um, I'd love to hear from you. You guys have a great night. You just finished listening to Ag with Miss Wedger, where I'm sharing chapters from my book of agriculture with each of you. I hope you enjoyed listening and learned a little bit more about our topic for today. Visit my Instagram at Mrs. Wedger to follow along on my daily journey as an agriculture teacher, a wife, and a mama at two. If you have any questions or ideas on topics you want me to dig in and cover, or if you, yeah you, <laughs> Want to be a guest? You can send me an email at eggwithmisswedger at gmail.com. I hope you have a great week and we will talk to you soon. Bye bye, everybody.